0: You are listening to The Bridge Metro West, located at 7 Strathmore Road in Natick, Massachusetts. For more information about The Bridge Metro West, our weekly Sunday gatherings, and other events, go to www.bridgemetrowest.com.
1: I want you to turn in your Bibles, and we're going to do something a little bit different today, but it's not different for us who have been around for a while, but different in recent memory. And, uh, and I'm going to do something differently than what I normally do. I, I usually like to read long swaths of Scripture because context is important. Today, though, I'm going to read three single verses. So I want you to uh, get your thumb on 1 Corinthians 12.1, and then we're going to jump to 1 Corinthians 12.28, and then I want you to, to page over and keep a finger on 1 Corinthians 14. And I'm going to do a, I'm actually doing a series, and I know I'm doing a series ahead of time, on apostles and prophets, and um, really on the apostolic, but there is no apostolic without the prophets. The apostolic didn't come until, you know, after a season of the prophets in the Old Testament, in the first covenant, and then there was 400 years of silence, and then Jesus comes, and now there's a new way that's established. And then he raises up disciples that would be apostles, and he releases the apostles. And in that, the giftings began to manifest on the other side of Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon all flesh and where God literally now decided to tabernacle among people. And by among, I mean in. We are now the ark of the covenant we we co- covenant we are now the ark of the covenant and but it's a collective sense you know we we get this in america we get this individual idea that you know i am the temple we are the temple and i know that paul teaches that you know don't you know that your body is a temple it is your body is a temple but it is a temple to the extent that you are connected with people who are the temple as if the fullness of god could dwell in you alone. That's not how it works. Every joint supplies, which means there's connectivity that brings us together, meaning that now we are collectively the temple of God, and that is how he is chosen to tabernacle among men. But at some point in time, because of what we perceive to be negative past experiences we begin to reshape our theology and reshape our doctrine and justify our lack with doctrine so you can you can you can go into the word and you can kind of make it say whatever you want but the reality is to make it say whatever you want you have to take a leap of faith so to say that the giftings passed away with the the passing of the last Apostles, there's nothing in Scripture that says that. You cannot truly make a biblical case for that in the context of Scripture and say that that's the case. You have to decide from your experience because it didn't happen to you, therefore, it must not be for today. And Azusa Street happened, right? Um, On the heels of the Welsh Revival, Azusa Street happens, and people go from all over the place to Azusa Street. And if people that went, and there were leaders that went, or would-be leaders that went, and if the Spirit didn't fall on them the same way that they saw, then they, they just decided, well, this must not be God. Because if it was, I mean, how arrogant is that? If it was God, it would be happening in me. If that were the case then I would have decided that all the all of the revival movements not only in the 70s that I came up in that I tried to sleep through as a kid but you can't sleep through that stuff. And the revival movements, Brownsville, Toronto and let me tell you it happened here. And people don't know that. People come to the New England region all the time and they think, "Oh, man, we've just been under. Oh god. You know, I we were Jeremy and I were at a meeting with a bunch of, you know, mostly younger guys or Jeremy age guys and they were all You know, talking about revival and I was sitting there kind of smirking realizing these guys don't know that revival was here in the 90s. Like sovereign move of God stuff, I'm telling you, it it was as sovereign here as it was anywhere else in the world that I've ever been. It was powerful. And God does that sometimes to uh, show us what is possible so that he'll move sovereignly in one moment so that we can walk intentionally in the stuff that he has given us in the next. That's called maturing. But I didn't f- fall, maybe once, you know, one, one conference, you know, over the span of like kind of three, four days, uh, and that wasn't even the 90s, that, that was the only time. The only time in the 90s I fell, you know, and I've told that story before, was I did the courtesy fall because they were never going to leave me alone. I just fell. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get out of this room if I don't do something, I felt really bad about it. And I said, God, I'll never do that again. But I could have said, well, I've never had. I weep when I come into the presence of God. Nobody else is weeping. They're laughing. Why can't I laugh? They're shaking. Why can't I shake? I shook when I was 15. God was doing something powerful in me, way before shaking was a thing. But I could have looked at all of those things and decided this cannot possibly be God. As a matter of fact, I did that while I was leading worship in the early days of revival. And I saw this girl that I knew had been suffering and I knew that she was demonically oppressed and she was over with two other women and they were herking and jerking and there was all these manifestations. And while I'm sitting at the piano, I sat there and I looked at that and I said, that's not God. That's the devil or that's the flesh. Well, you know, either way, I mean, when God moves you better believe that something's gonna happen in the flesh because he moves on flesh. He poured himself out on all flesh. We're so uptight about the flesh. We're so uptight about the soul when the reality is what God is wanting to do is put the flesh and the soul under the dominion of the spirit, which only happens when you die to self. But you don't die to self until he places his goodness before you, which leads us to repentance according to Romans 2.1. And so I looked at her and I said, oh, that cannot be God because it was weird. And it, you know, in my gut, I was kind of like, ooh, you know, I had a little bit of a religious spirit and I was cynical and I was a kind of a crusty, know-it-all 24 year old. And then a year later, the pastor had uh, decided to have a meeting and I think I a, it was everybody under 30 or something. And so we're all in the house and we're talking about different things. And of course I'm so wise, I'm so smart, I'm so much better than everyone. And then this woman begins to speak and I look across the room and there's this woman, she's radiant. Like her, the, the, the brightness of her being filled the room in a way that mine did not. And I looked at her and I recognized her as the woman that was manifesting in the sanctuary while I was leading worship a year prior. And the voice of the Lord came to me and he said, you told me I didn't do that. I got up from that meeting and I went and I sat in the bathroom of my pastor, and my spiritual father, and my mentor's house and I repented and I said, Lord, I will never do that again. I will never say this isn't you. I'm just gonna let you be God. God. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to let you be God. But that's what we do, and that's what we've done without history throughout history. And so what happened is that over time we have the fivefold gifting that's uh, you know, there are people gifts to the church in Ephesians 2 apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. Right? And so The the foundation of the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets. Well, interestingly enough, that's the only time that the word pastor is used in the New Testament. But over time, because of negative current or past experiences, meaning that, oh, well, God didn't do it in me, so therefore it cannot be. We did away with apostles, prophets, evangelists. And the whole, the entirety of the church now for, you know, beginning, you know, it started sort of in, you know, uh, really on the other side of the Reformation, because before that we had priests and, and almost really solely priests or fathers. We put the whole church on the shoulder of one of the five fold giftings that is mentioned only once in the New Testament. How is that rational? How is that scriptural? How is that biblical? So because we did that willingly, the Lord had to raise up prophets once again in this current era, in this generation, to speak forth that which he wanted to do on the earth again. The reality is that even evangelists weren't even recognized. People didn't know. When when the Great Awakenings happened, people didn't know what to do with Finney. People didn't know what to do with with Wesley. These guys that are walking in evangelism, they're walking in the apostolic, they're they're walking in these things. Whitfield was not a pastor. He was a straight, and he was not apostolic either. He, He did not build things. He messed things up, and he made some poor decisions along the way, but when Wesley came in on the heels of what Whitfield did, then he built the largest, most vibrant denomination, which has since Walked away from the foundation upon which it was built. But there was no there wasn't even there was no space for the evangelists. You know, people were afraid to talk about this gifting because frankly, evangelists are just as weird as prophets. If not more so. But eventually, when everybody decided it was safe they started to identify the evangelist. And so now you have denominations on the other side of Azusa Street that would even make evangelists a title in the denomination rather than a function of the gift, the people gift to the church to equip people for the, the work of the ministry. And so in, 19, in the 70s, God raises up this kind of quirky dude in Idaho named John Sanford. And he writes a book called The Elijah Task. And... Nobody wants to read the book. Nobody wants to follow the book. I mean, it's a, you know, it was a weird thing back then because it was all about the emergence of the prophetic. As a matter of fact, when, when we've done prophetic schools in the past or we've done the art of hearing God, it's on all, you know, it was always on John Paul's list, John Paul Jackson's list of things to read. And it's a great book. If you want to investigate the prophetic, and you, you need to read that book. But in 1988, there was a conference. Mike Bickle was there, John Wimber was there. I think Peter Wagner was there, I'm not sure. I gotta remember, John Thomas would remember this better. This is not my notes, I'm kind of going off the cuff. But, because I never do that. (laughs) And the leaders identified prophets, because these prophets had been rising up in Kansas City, right? So you had Bob Jones, you had John Paul Jackson, you had James Gall, and others, Paul Cain. There was a number of them. I don't remember all of their names, but um, as a matter of fact, Kelly Koski, who is in South Africa, he was around those circles at that time. As a matter of fact, Mike Bickle called him. He'd kill me for telling this story, but I don't care. Mike Bickle called him and asked him to come into Kansas City to check out this new prophet, this new young prophet that was emerging in Kansas City to see if he was legitimate. I'm not going to tell you who he was, but he, Mike Bickle recognized Kelly's gift of discernment. He, and if you don't know who Kelly Koski is, he's our one-legged missionary that we support in Transkai. And I can call him that. It's fine. I've traveled with him. i slept on dung floor huts with him. I, I've seen things that you never want to see with him. And so these leaders then publicly endorsed the prophets. And when that happens, then there's an authority that comes on the prophet in the office of a prophet. We're all. We can all be prophetic, but there's this office of the prophet. That's Ephesians 2:20. That are people gifts to the church to equip them, to equip you to be prophetic. And that only happens if it's conferred upon you by an authority. Now, people say, "Well, I'm not going to do what God tells me to do, or I'm you know I don't need man. I just know." Someone, you know, the religious police came after me. I'm going to repost um, the, the the video that I posted that really got their ire up last June, and they just didn't stop for several months. I was very patient. And now I've blocked them all. I don't have time for that. So if you want to be the religious police, I'm kind of done. It wore me out. So you know, if you're going to send, you're going to attack my Facebook and my my DMs and all that. I'm just going to block you. I don't have time for that. I got people that will dress me down if I'm theologically, doctrinally, biblically in all way, any way incorrect. So that's fine. They amuse me, but I do not even know where I was going with that. I got sidetracked. But see, that's what happens when they start coming after you like that. And Greta knows I came in one day and they were, they were coming after the office because I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to them. But the reality is it's that spirit that caused us to walk away from our birthright from the beginning and so these things that's what I was saying you know there's people will say it's only me and God I don't need man. no that's not how it works and, and one of the things that I was you know being you know attacked about was will you call yourself an apostle and I was like no I don't call my, myself an apostle I never called myself an apostle it was conferred upon me by an apostolic authority I never walked around saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm an apostle." I'm, I'm an, you know, it did not happen until it was conferred upon me publicly by a council of apostles and prophets. Because God will only confer something upon you with authority through an authority on earth. That's how it works. So the prophets now are recognized, they have authority and they begin to start prophesying about the apostolic. Not a, not a denominational position that you aspire to or that you are promoted to just out of longevity and faithfulness in the church. It's a gift. It's, it's a people gift that God gives to the church for the equipping for the work of the ministry. By 1991, Peter Wagner begins to investigate and study what apostleship is in the church. And he was the church growth guy. He's at Fuller uh, Theological Seminary. Everybody knows, everybody in the evangelical world knew who Peter Wagner was. Everybody was doing his gift, you know, gift assessments and all this stuff, all of his church growth models. He was the guy, but now he's starting to study Apostles in Scripture, and could apostles be here today as well? And now, fast forward, where apostleship in the modern-day church is about where the prophets were in 1998 19 to 91, 1988 to 91. We're at, in our infancy, in a sense. But what is? It's a gift people gift to the church but it didn't get here without the prophets because we needed the prophets to speak it forth because we had abdicated our right we had abdicated the proper structure of the church hundreds of years prior and when that happens the god the the lord has to sort of reverse the order of things as he did in the beginning see the prophets were were in the land before the kings were god will always use the mouthpiece of the prophet to usher us in to a season but he wants the mouthpiece of the prophet to be spoken to an authority on earth so that the authority on earth can release the strategy to move the whole thing forward does that make sense so 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. The King James says, ignorant. I like that a little better. Don't be ignorant. But in the purest sense of the word, don't be ignorant. We've kind of made it this uh, a denigrating thing. It, it, it can be. But it just means that you don't know. And you don't know because you haven't studied. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Pursue love. Pursue love. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Again, at the beginning of that, King James uses the word ignorant. Don't be ignorant. (laughs) I'm trying to do, I can't, I'm trying. The antonyms for ignorant include aware, educated, learned, competent, and talented. So be those things regarding spiritual gifts. This is how we are to pursue and operate regarding the gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. The bulk of the church is not earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, the bulk of the church is denying their existence. So today we want to discuss and display the operation of the apostle and the prophet. He gave to the church, first apostle, second prophet. It's, you know, going to, I'm just skimming because we're going to put this on display in a moment. The word for first there is, in the Greek is proton. Second is Deuteron. It is first in, well, I, let me just, I want to be accurate. It's a strong Greek term. speaks of order, priority, and authority. Order, priority, and authority. Again, Ephesians 2.20 declares that the foundation of the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets. But we've been running around with pastors and placing the pastor title on people who are not pastoral for 1,500 years. Now, there's differing functions of the apostle and the prophet, and we'll talk about this more in the weeks to come focusing probably more on the apostolic, but apostles receive and process revelation with the big picture of the kingdom of God in mind. I get prophetic words. Most of the time, my prophetic words are over a people group or over a region. It's just the way that it's always been. In my, before all this, all of this stuff, I used to attribute, to attribute that to the fact that I was a worship leader. And so I always saw over groups of people. And so I just didn't learn how to do personal prophecy. I can do it, sort of. I've learned with a particular mentor when we travel specifically to Asia that you can do personal prophecy just by speaking scripture over 500 people. I just see, you know, John three sixteen over you, or I just see, you know, just, just get the scriptures. Just read the scriptures before you go because the reality is when you go to certain regions, you just did like a four to six hour meeting and now they want you to do personal prophecy over everybody. And you haven't even eaten yet that day. In China, they call it, Benny used to say, you know, there's a Chinese term. It says, we will bleed you to your last drop of blood. That's how it translates. I've experienced that. So apostles receive and process revelation with big picture and the big picture of the kingdom of God in mind. So that's why a lot of times I don't get caught up in the small stuff. I just, I don't, I don't live there. Sometimes I have to make myself live there so that I can sit in someone's pain. But I'm already seeing through their affliction because I see through mine. The primary goal of the prophet is to receive and dispense revelation for the encouragement edification of the church. Receive, dispense. Receive, dispense. Receive, dispense. So if you have a church that is prophetic focused, and and it's a prophetic church, that's why they tend to not grow uh, uh, past a certain number because the goal of the prophet is to receive and dispense, but there's nobody there to build. And some prophets are gifted as builders, but it's a rarer occurrence. And usually it's because they're very strong in the apostolic and they're very strong in the prophetic. Cindy Jacobs is very is a, is a builder. She knows how to build. Chuck Pierce, even more so, is a builder. He, I mean, I don't even know, he is a prophet. He does all the weird stuff, yet he is an apostle that builds. He's got all the numbers and the flags and all that kind of, you know, the shofars. He's doing all that stuff, but he still builds. There's a difference between the two, and that is okay. That's why when those two come together, when you've got a Lou angle to che on, things like the call happen. Things like Lou Engel walks up to Che and says, you need to release an apostolic decree that this rain will stop. And let me tell you, Che did not feel a thing in his inner being. As a matter of fact, his response was, well, you do it. You heard the Lord, you do it. And Lou was like, you're the apostle, you do it. Sometimes that's how prophets got to be. And so Che gets out there, and he's, you know, he's in, a, in an arena, it's the call, and he makes this apostolic decree based on the prophetic word. He does that and the rain stops. That's just a picture of what's possible when the first two elements of that five-fold gift to the church begins to operate. So I wanna call the ministry teams up, ministry team up. And you guys got an email. If you didn't check your emails last night, then sorry because we're going to do prophetic words. And next time, you'll check your email on Saturdays. I didn't email you, Donna did. And so we're not going to do a lot of fanfare. We're not going to, like, stir the atmosphere with worship because we're in it. And we've learned, I'm, I'm prophesying right now, I'm calling things that may not be as though they are. We have learned to step in to the glory, because we've never actually stepped out of it. So we can do this at any given point in time, Monday through Saturday in Walmart and Target and Starbucks in our workplace. We can look for the meanest person, the person that we like the least in our workplace, and we can prophesy over them. We can see what God would say to them to pull them out of their muck and their mire. So I need the green microphone. And we're just gonna take maybe 15 minutes. And for those of you who are online, this is what's available to you when we do ministry teams. Our ministry teams, they can do it all. We can prophesy, we can pray healing, we can pray breakthrough, we can do all of that stuff. And we do that online. We also do that in-house. So for the people here, this, this is giving you a picture of what is possible when you link yourself arm in arm with people and you allow yourself to sit with people who are gifted. Amen. So who's going? Jesus.
2: Okay, so when uh, Donna sent the email to me saying that I started seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord for the word that he had for the person that he was going to highlight to me. And this morning, he told me to do my hair. So I did my hair according to how God told me to do it. And you'll notice. So we have purple and we have red. And both of these are really pretty radical colours. And we've got a couple of examples. If you look at Angela or this beautiful young lady down the back with the red hair, Angela has the purple. They're radical colours. They're beautiful and they're radical. But what he made me do is to combine the two. So as they came back, they combined, okay? So that's not so radical, is it? But it's rich and deep and beautiful. It's a different colour. And the word that the Lord has, I believe this is for Pastor Werner, but I also believe it's for other people in this room. So if this touches your heart, receive it. God called you to do something that was radical. It was cutting edge and it was radical, and he has blessed you in it. But right now, he's put something else on your heart that's equally radical, but very different. And I believe that there's something going on in you of this pull of, am I supposed to do this one or am I supposed to do this one? But the Lord says you're doing both, both and. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Because when those two radical things that seem so different combine, they will make something new and rich and deep and beautiful, amen?
1: Mama Verna said, you are so on. And when she says it, it is thus and therefore.
0: So last night the Lord gave me a picture. And it was a person kind of enveloped in this beautiful, very dimensional, light pink. I don't know what it was. It was just a covering. And it was, it was you, Amy. But I believe also that it is for anybody who wants to receive this. That the love of God has you encapsulated. Yeah. And that we need to receive more of his love. So any way that you can do that, to um, agree with the love of God for you, and for all of you, do it. Because that's what changes us. Amen. Yeah.
3: You know, when most of us were trained about giving personal prophetic words, we were told to avoid two topics, and that is who to marry and about having children. You're scaring me. (laughs) (laughs) And so my wife and I, my wife especially does not follow those rules. She she assumes they were guidelines for other people. (laughs) And yet I'm about to break that rule because I know what I saw. And I I know, you know, you you know, you can hear the father's voice. You know, the, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so so I saw a picture seventeen years in the future. And it was a picture of Zach and Nikki holding hands with their children. I'm not putting any pressure on you guys, but I'm just saying that God that there is a path that's not going to fall apart in five years or 10 years, that there's a path that God has laid out. And if you will just follow that path, you're going to find some awesome happiness in your life. And lastly, I wanted to say, Eileen, you are what God made you to be. You're not off track. You're not this or that. You are what God ordained you to be, just the way you are.
4: So the Lord highlighted you guys to me as well, Zach and uh, Nikki. And what I heard was what we hear when we hear traditional vows. What God has put together. Let no man interfere, speak badly into, or try to separate to damage or to kill in any way shape or form there's a there's a how do i uh, like uh, like this incredibly beautiful circular ornament around you and it is blossoming and it's fragrant and all that look at it say, what an incredibly beautiful thing God has done. Amen. So I have a word for Diane now. Well, you don't have to stand up. Um, God has everything under control. There's not a moment, a breath, a cell in your body that he hasn't counted, that he hasn't cared for, that he hasn't nurtured, that he hasn't kissed in you and on you, Diane. I just feel this enormous amount of love surrounding you. Sometimes it's like a whirl. Sometimes it's just like melted golden honey streaming down from your head to your toes bringing peace and wholeness and healing into your life. And then I saw a picture of uh, a young woman. She was sitting at a piano, actually. Her hair was like we might have seen in the 20s, beautiful red hair, and she was composing this incredible music. And I don't know this individual, but it's the lady with the black sweater. Don't turn around, you've got the dangling earrings. Yes. Yes. What's your name? Elaine. I don't know if that in any way, shape or form resounds with you or not. No? Okay. But I, I just saw music, and it was being composed on a, on, a, on a keyboard. Whether it's literal or not, you know, you would have to ask the Lord, because we share responsibility. The, the one that speaks the word as well as the receiver, to ask the Lord, what does, what does this mean? Amen. So, blessings to you, Elaine.
5: So, Elaine, I think the Lord also highlighted you to me, <laughs> and just, he just wants you to know that he brought you here today, that, and that he sees you. You know, he, is, he sees you, he knows what's on your heart, he knows your concerns, your worries, your prayers, and he just wants you to know that today. So, Blessings.
0: I can see a whole bunch of people going, maybe, me. Pagma, <laughs> <laughs> um, I see I'm seeing through God's eyes, but I can see you in your quiet time. I can see your heart oh, I can feel that. Oh I can feel you earnestly seeking the lord crying out in your heart to the lord and he's saying your 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 words your prayers your moaning are not um he hears those are not going to a nowhere place that he hears those he feels those he's with you in that and uh he hears those cries uh i also see um Pegma? Did I, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Pegma. Um, I see also um, depression has been trying to infiltrate your house, but I see that God has gagged it. It is bound and we, we as a community, as a believers in, in Christ, we bind that thing and cast that from you, from your home, from your family. And we release life and love and joy and peace. Uh, that mourning would be over and freedom would be flowing. That there'd be light. Light pierces the darkness. Hope fill again. Ooh, I can feel that. I also heard last night, Nancy Mason, I heard, where are you? I don't see it, no, light, no lights, she's online? So I, I heard uh, your name uh, called out last night by the Lord, and you've allowed fear to entangle you and to bind you so that you're not able to move over these last two years. And that time is up. That time is up. No longer are you bound by that anymore. That I I actually see a sword of the Lord coming down and cutting its head off. And the word for you is Um, hold on to the word of God. You stand firm in it. He said, fear not. And you stand on that. And when that fear tries to raise its head, you say, no, the Lord said, fear not. And uh, stand strong in that. And he will give you the strength. And I feel like that fear, also has entangled a lot of people over these last two years with the COVID and all that. And, um, you know, the Lord said to me in um, November, there was an eclipse and he said war and he talked about the economy. And this is not a time to fear, but it is a time to build that foundation strong in the Lord. You stand strong on that. I almost feel like he's a strong tower and you run in and you stay safe in that place. And um, while things are all whirling around you, you stand strong in the Lord. Boy, I can feel the heat here, but I better stop. I'm missing a minute. Praise the Lord. Um, Is it
6: Anthony? Is that the right name? (laughs) Anthony's like, (laughs) Anthony, stand up. I have a word for you that I believe the Holy Spirit is saying and that is that you are a leader. And I see you on like a field, like maybe you're in sports. Um, I mean, I don't know, I can't, I don't know what you do, but I wanna encourage you today to stand up and be bold when you have opportunities to lead because God is saying you're a leader. And also on you, I see this a spirit uh, of excellence, Uh, where you, you know, you have that spirit in you to do well, and I also want to encourage you today that you measure up, that you measure you, you have made the grade. I I just want to say to you, I don't know what your internal thoughts are, but you are good enough. God is saying, son, you're a leader. And he's saying to you, lead, and you have already measured up. You're already good enough. You know, whatever you do. Whatever your uh, desires are in life, I just want to encourage you, Anthony, that God is with you, and I want to strengthen you to lead. Every opportunity you to get, I want you to step out and be bold, and I, I don't know if you're bold. You seem like kind of a quiet person. I don't really know you that well, but I just want to encourage you to be bold, because God is behind you, and he's called you to lead, okay? You can sit down now. It's good. What? It? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, Natalie, I, oh, oh, were you I'm, not done? I'm not quite. Oh, was, oh can you, you hand this to Natalie next? <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I just have one more. Um, Elaine, I, I know two people have spoken to you, so the, I have to believe the Lord is in it. But I just want to say to you that you are a rose, and you smell good. <laughs> the Lord, I see the pleasure of the Lord over you. And I I just wanna say that you smell good. And the other thing the Lord says about you is like you're a lion. So like the thorns on a rose, like you are like that, you're a lion. And the Lord is saying to you, roar. I think actually you're also maybe an intercessor, but the Lord is saying, you know, I am for you, go. Go get it, roar in your closet. Roar, you know, where you need to be. Um, Anyway, the Lord, I just, You just smell so
7: good. And and I see the pleasure of the Lord on you. So Mike, I believe the Lord. I hear the Lord saying that a shift has taken place in you but you are not aware of it but today is going to be an awakening you have been leading the men in this house to a certain level, to a certain extent but there's going to be an increase in that there's a Joshua anointing resting on you a jester anointed, not just to lead but to war, to lead men into war and to possess that which God has for them and so there's going to be an awakening and a rising in you over the next few days. I feel like there's a fire that's gonna be released in you and a boldness and a courage and that God is gonna be drawing you in his presence more because Joshua, he spent a lot of time in God's presence and when he came out of God's presence, he received strategy, kingdom strategy on how to engage the forces of darkness. In the natural and the spiritual realm. And God is going to give you strategies and the men that you, he, that just not just the men in this house, but there are more that are coming, that there's an authority that you are going to move into and carry where you are going to be leading these men. And just as God elevated Joshua in the sight of Israel and all of the men said, Whatever God tells you to do, we will do it. We will honor and we will follow you. That is what's going to happen. This this is a th- this authority this a Joshua anointing coming upon you so prepare yourself get from where you're at to prepare for a higher level for this expansion and it's gonna it's gonna require for you to make sa- certain sacrifices but nothing that you sacrifice will be lost just like with Abraham when he was willing to sacrifice one son he got many so father I just I agree with with your word right now. I agree with that. Which wish you have purposed for your son. God, I just thank you right now for his elevation. What an honor for him to be called forth to partner with you and what you want to do. We just declare strength upon him right now, and I just put a covering upon his seed. I take authority over the works of the enemy. Any assignment right now against his daughters, I say they're in Jesus' name. I release the blood of Jesus over his girls, especially his youngest child. We say right now that all of your assignments against her are canceled. We lose every demonic force from the assignment right now in Jesus' name. And we send confusion in the enemy's plans against his child right now, especially his younger daughter. We declare today that like Joshua, your son will still up he will come forth your word says Joshua did not draw back the javelin until every one of the enemies was annihilated and so we declare today that he moves in that power that he moves in that boldness that he moves in that courage and even as the forces of darkness are engaged that he will not cover that he will not draw back that he will not give up until he see the enemy annihilated in Jesus name. And I pray a covering over his marriage. I declare that there will be no division, that there will be a unity and an alignment, not necessarily with each other, but what God is doing and then through this household
8: in Jesus name. Thank you. In God, we lift up Stacy, the perfect helpmate the perfect helpmate, this mystical woman, this woman of deep commitment to the Lord that this is the perfect helpmate to do what needs to be done. So God, we just pray a blessing over both of them that these two parts are one whole, God, that more it's more than one and one is two. It's more like 10,000, God. So the power that is in this couple, Lord, as you bind them together and for this Stacy's mystical bent, God, that you would bring her closer and closer and closer. I see St. Teresa of Avila over you. I see St. John of the Cross over you. I see all Madame Guillaume over you. All of these old mystics the perfect helpmate to do what needs to be done in this life. In Jesus name. Amen.
1: A couple more and then we're going to shift.
8: Alright. This word is for you Debbie. I did not know it was your birthday. But this is what God said in my spirit. Your life is as of Mary. Behold, be it done unto me. Your will, O oh God, at all, at all costs. She did not know what was going to come against her you did not know what was going to come against you in your walk. God said you are faithful. He sees you. And and the Holy Spirit is showing me um, such a servant's heart at, as Jesus served. As Jesus served at the Last Supper. So you serve as well God said you are not only a model for women but as he rises you up in ministry you will also have a message for the men whatever that is Mary was faithful to the cross she saw her son you are faithful to At the cross, you are faithful at the resurrection. You said yes to Jesus to serve as well after Pentecost. You are a servant in the church you will go forward, the lights are flickering, the lights are flickering, I don't know if that's just confirmation, Uh, but I'm happy. Um, And and that's what God has put in my heart. Um, I didn't have a clue, so I am so happy for the Holy Spirit and you as a vessel The lights are still flickering past us. That's
1: okay. David. (laughs) David. David's going to close it out.
5: Okay. The uh, gentleman with the blue shirt in the back. And I got a few real uh, quick but short. I saw a picture of a map. I saw a uh, wooden uh, matchstick. And I saw you like flick it. And so where that match fell, it lit up and I felt that the Lord has given you the ability that where you're flicking that match, you're gonna build. I also see that you have, uh, you're mechanically inclined. I feel that these places the Lord is gonna take you to, he's gonna have you there for a season. He's gonna have you build. He's gonna have you lift up people. And then when you're ready, you'll flick the match, and somewhere on that map, wherever that match lands, That'll be your next place. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. The gentleman with the black shirt against the wall there, I saw you driving. Um, I don't know if you you do a lot of driving, but I seen you driving a lot of winding, curvy roads, and I heard the Lord saying that he's putting you on the straight and narrow to him. And on that road, there's going to be people that you'll be picking up. These people that you're picking up You'll be bringing the light to their darkness. You'll be leading them to Jesus. Deb, I heard something simple and short. So as you've chased your dream, you've gotten lost in the things of the world, but God has given you a new dream. In Jesus' name, Zach, you've checked all the boxes. You've been there and done that. But the Lord says... He's taking you out of the norm. He's taking you out of the box. He's using you to do things which are not normal, things that seem wild. (laughs) This gentleman here, I seen you with a water bottle. I see the joy that you carry. The Lord is saying, open that, release that joy, be wild. No more containing, no more holding back. Set it free. Dance. Shout. I see you surrounded by children. They're attracted to you. They love you. This gentleman here, I heard the word exchange. Right away I thought about finance. And so finance, securities. Um, I feel that the Lord has given you the ability to manage to be, to, to be a mover and a shaker. And so I hear that uh, you're going to be going on a trip. It's an important trip. Um, you're to rely on him. Don't go by what you know. Go by his wisdom, because these people are going to rely on it. I don't know what that means, but that's for you.
1: I, I know what that means. <laughs> and he knows what that means. So that's good. Be blessed. All right. All right. Um is actually about to go uh, to Oklahoma next month to speak at a marketplace ministry convention. Is that a conference? Yeah. So if you don't know Charbell, um well, I'm jealous for his time, so don't get to know him. They're all mine. Um, so this is how the prophetic can work. It's here to encourage, to enter, edify, to give direction. Sometimes it's, it's there to give discipline um, and to put you on a path, and it's a good thing, and it's part of how we operate as the church of Jesus Christ. It did not go away with the dying of the last apostles. We just let go of it because it can be weird. It can be metaphorical. It also has to be weighed. Just because a prophetic word misses the mark doesn't mean that there's a bunch of false prophets running around that we need to stone. I literally had a guy who had his doctorate in divinity and said, well, if you believe that prophets are for today, that means when there's a, a, a prophecy that's wrong, you have to stone them. And I said, well, then you need to observe the Sabbath every Saturday instead of watching Napoleon Dynamite. And you need to do Shabbat the way they did it. If you're going to take one piece of the law, you've got to take the whole thing. So knock it off. So, um, a couple things, uh, just, just quickly. Uh, Elaine, you know, we are talking about, I, I don't want to dumb down what the Lord said or, or what the prophetic word said, but I also want to give possible context. And, and this, you'll see that people get highlighted and then it, it just opens up a realm Around them, and so things begin to be spoken to them, right? And so we saw that dotted around the room. uh, And a lot of times, it's not even uncommon where, like, even one part of the room gets highlighted, you know, and then they just start getting slammed and slammed and slammed. And Elaine is getting slammed today, which, you know, I say with a little bit of fear and trembling because when you get a bunch of prophetic words, it usually means there's a little testing on the other side of that, which is super fun. Um, But Kevin Prosh wrote a song uh, years ago called There's a Harp in My Heart. And so when we were talking about um, this idea of music and piano, you know, the piano strikes a string. And in music, there's this thing called a sympathetic tone. So if, for example, there's a, the sitar is a, a stringed instrument where you have the main strings that you play, and then there's another group of s- strings that you don't play, but they get played just by virtue of the strings being played. And so you can do that with a guitar, you can play harmonics on a guitar, you play a string on a guitar and if you listen, the other strings begin to vibrate because the one string is being played. When I play the piano at home, I can hit one string and if I sustain it, I can hear the other strings begin to vibrate because the one chord was struck. That is you when the Lord comes upon you, and He strikes at your heart, it creates a resonance, and now people be like oh that 's new age, no it 's old age, this is kingdom age. The enemy doesn 't create anything. He only takes that which God created and gives it a tiny little bit of a turn that makes it false, but there 's truth in The way God created the spiritual laws of the earth. And so when He strikes at your heart, it creates an atmosphere around you that allows people to step into. Doesn't mean that they always will, but watch for it, watch for it, watch for it. I believe there's an increase of that coming that just as you go and as you allow the Lord to speak to you and to create that fragrance of Him around you, it will be the invitation for people that don't know Him to even begin to vibrate with what God is doing it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to say yes to him but you are the next piece in the process that will cause his goodness to pass before them so that they may be drawn into repentance does that make sense Um, Ashlyn uh, you you by proxy were given a word even though you weren't given a word all I want to say about that is um, when I see you, first of all, it's really hard for, my, for me to see people and see them where they're at because I see them where they will be. You are me. I mean, you're, you're a chick. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you are me. So when I look at you, I see me, not with the hair because my parents wouldn't let me do that. So be like, feel grateful about some things. I wanted to do all the weird things with my hair. I wasn't allowed to. You are me. So when you look at yourself, look at me, and then you will begin to see what is possible. And I'm ruthless against currency, meaning what is current in people's lives. I just, I, I, I'm, I just don't live there. I don't. And so when I see things that are inhibiting people from the process, sometimes I bring the sword. But I'm not. I'm just saying, you're me, look at me, and that's where God is tracking you toward. Amen. 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 There's other stuff going on, but we're just gonna we're gonna stop. And um, if you're online, I want you to go to bridgemetrowest.com, forward, forward slash ministry rooms. We're gonna register. You guys can go ahead and sit. We're gonna thank you so much. We're gonna register you um for Ministry. We want to pray breakthrough over your lives. We want to bring you into uh, the reality of the kingdom and the reality of Jesus. And that just means um, that we want to pray for you. We want to prophesy over you, whatever it is the Lord is doing. If you've had a dream, uh, you know, in the night and you believe that God is trying to speak to you, we'll interpret that dream. We wanna go deep and we wanna see you be transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory today. If you're in house, you can, I'm not gonna have teams come up and pray, but you can register with Angela. We'll connect you with a team. Angela has just radiant purple hair today, I love it. And as you're moving about the building today, especially the back and you see how open and just crazy it is, we have actually launched our now our integrated ministry team control room. Uh, and uh, it will be also a, a worship office and a technical room that we're tying some things into. Clearly, our lights need to be upgraded. I mean, is it a confirmation of the prophetic word? It does, they do seem to freak out like when the prophetic anointing hits the building. But we don't always want that to be. We want to, we need, there are things that we're upgrading right now, and we will be upgrading as we move forward so that our, our the entirety of what we do is stable, so that we can serve you here in the building, but we can also serve what God is doing through this house globally. There are people all around the world that connect to our ministry teams. Uh, I'm gonna start doing a live stream on Wednesday nights, which I don't really wanna do, but I feel like the Lord is telling me to do that, so I wanna be obedient. So there's sayings that are, that are going on in the room, and there's just so many words that when, when the prophetic opens up, it's just all available. Um, and who knows, we might do it again. But if you want a word, go to the prophetic teams and we'll rock and roll that. I know Verna had some things today, but I'm gonna tap you next week. Is that good, Verna? Because here's what I like about Verna because her, her words like are prepared. Like she comes in with a word and that means that it, they don't fall to the ground just because they don't get released on a Sunday. And so um, I, don't, I have no idea what it is. I, I usually don't, I don't ask. It's Mama Verna. I don't ask. I just say, you do it. Go do it. Um, so let's all stand together as we close. And I was okay with going a few minutes over because I know the kids, Elisa always wants more time with their kids. And if I release you too soon, then she gets mad at me, so all good. And CJ, I, I gotta, I gotta say this. I, I don't see you where you're at. Like I, dude, I don't know. I don't know what your stuff is. I don't know what your struggles are. I mean, I, I was, I've been a teenager. I'm still 11 years old in my brain, but you know, somewhere in me that I'm there, but I don't see you where you are. I don't, I don't. So your struggles and whatever you're going through, it's like, yeah, okay, I don't wanna discount those things, but I don't see you where you are. I see you already where God is taking you. And this steadfastness that he is birthing in you to stand in the face of opposition, to stand when the current is flowing the other direction, to lead even in silence, just by your actions, by the way that you operate, there is a leadership anointing. You don't have to be like me, you don't have to be like anybody else, you just gotta be you. And as you continue to be you, you will watch the Lord begin to flower, um, I know it's not a due term, but... To flower there there will be flowers that unfold in you so that again as we talked about elaine the fragrance of god will surround you but it's more than just a fragrance there is a power and there's an authority that you're going to rise up into it's, it's It's over you now and you will stand up into it over time and you will be tested and you will go through fires and your moods will swing and all this stuff is going to go down. But he is fashioning all of that, all of those struggles to firmly plant you as a steadfast son, a steadfast priest unto a kingdom which is unto our God. So watch even now for the power and the anointing to begin to be unleashed in you and through you. If you don't know Jesus, you gotta just say yes to him. And in saying yes to him, I'm telling you, it's not people, I encounter people all the time and say, well, I believe Jesus. I don't care if you believe Jesus. Have you made him the primary authority in your life? Everybody knows about Him, but have you made Him the authority in your life? You know, people will say, Lord and Savior. Lord is not a typical word that we use in our vernacular, at least in America. It's the authority in your life. I'm not gonna pray a prayer with you today, but I want you to just release your life to Him today, to allow Him to wash away the sin. Anything that you hold between your face and His, that is what is keeping you from Him. And the cross made a way where he can just come in and say, as far as the east is from the west, I'm casting that thing from you that has separated you from me. And I'm reconciling you. That just means that he's bringing you back to the Father so that you can be in good relationship with God and man. That's what's available. So now we just pray, God, I just seal this time. In the spirit, oh God, every word that has been spoken, every prophetic word that is released, Lord, I ask that you surround each one that received that word today with a flame of fire. Would you keep them uh, hidden from the schemes of the enemy? No little foxes. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing stolen from this day. No doubt of the mind. No voice of the enemy coming in to say, did God really say? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And you don't have to understand it all, but test... Test the word, test the word before God, not before the enemy, but before him. And he will cause all things to come to light in due season. So for now, do not become weary in well-doing for at the proper time you will reap, you will reap, you will reap, you will reap a harvest of the words that have been spoken over you in this moment and in seasons past and the words that will come and they will come and they will come because there's a reactivation of the prophetic in this house and it's going to another level the next level the next level we're building we're building we're building the fivefold coming together to build and to expand the kingdom of god in new england and beyond even into the world so i seal this time now in the spirit in jesus name amen
0: Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidgery is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.